Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Welcome, everyone. We're so happy that you've tuned in. Our show today is our 13th episode of Season 18. It's our final show of this 13-show season that we've devoted to the overall theme, the miracle of sharing your joy. And by the way, we will be starting our next season, which will be season 19, next Wednesday. Anyway, for today's topic of exploration, we decided to address further what it is to share your joy in whatever way you choose to do so, and how you begin to live more of the miracle of your soul or psychic life as you do so. We also wanted to remind you that you are in truth the light of the world. And when you realize that within yourself, you cannot help but live the miracle of sharing your joy every day you are incarnated in this world. We began this season of shows on the miracle of sharing your joy by pointing out that it's when you are truly living that you are happy, healthy, and wise. Your happiness, health, and wisdom all come from the wholeness and harmony, not from division and conflict. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that if you are happy, you won't ever get sick or injured, right? All bodies eventually die. That means even if we are generally healthy, happy, and wise, sooner or later, We all make our exit from our body and this world. The main difference is that happy souls leave on a note of completion and more freedom when it's their time to depart from here, whereas those who die holding on to a lot of regrets, disappointments, and discontent will have more holding them back from their freedom and enlightenment in lifetimes to come. Essentially, your experience of the joy of life comes down to how undivided you remain or how divided you become against your true self. The less divided you are within you, the happier you are. As you creatively express that joyousness within you and share it with others, the more joyous your experience of life becomes. Also, you'll find that the more divided you are within yourself, the less you will be willing to share your happiness with others. Without sharing your joyousness of life within you, you won't experience it because it is in your expression of sharing of it that you experience the joy yourself. Whenever you are divided or conflicted within you, you tend to isolate yourself more from others, which means you withhold your sharing of life. When you try to keep that powerful force bottled up within you, It's not going to feel good, and after a while, you could even experience it as fairly painful. The most important aspect of sharing your life and joy of life isn't necessarily about doing something outwardly, 
but about letting yourself be as you are and not trying to isolate yourself or withhold shining your light in your life. So even if you are joyous in meditation, physically alone in your room, as long as you aren't holding back your light or your life from others or the world, you would be expressing it continuously. A more aware person would even see your light shining in the world, even if all the windows were covered in your room. Most probably, you have had that experience passing by a particular house where you stopped to look because it looks so much brighter than the other houses. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with the color of the house or the landscaping. That is the light of the resident shining beyond the walls of the house. They're not hiding from others of the world. If you look at the energy of a house whose resident wants to stay isolated from others in the world in fear and hatred, it would look quite dark. That is why sometimes a small and unassuming house may seem more attractive and welcoming than a physically gorgeous mansion. It all depends on who is in it and how much they are sharing their joy. Most of you may see the distinction between happiness and joy as one of a degree of quality and intensity. You might say you are happy today in a general sense, but if you feel an intense rush of exultant and ecstatic happiness because you experienced something extraordinary, you might say you are joyous and not just happy. It's the experience when someone exclaims, I'm so happy I'm beside myself, or they can't contain their joy and they start dancing and shouting, not caring who sees or hears them. When someone shares their joy, it's palpable and infectious. And what's the other quality you notice when someone is sharing their joy? Well, they shine. They become obviously brighter. A child joyously playing shines much more brightly than one that is sulking in the corner. Most people would notice that without ever being a highly developed clairvoyant. What are you looking at when you see someone shining more brightly than usual? You are seeing their inner light, the brightness of who they really are. That means that brightness is always there within them, but if it isn't how that person appears most of the time, they only share it to that extent only rarely. The difference between how bright one person looks compared to another is that one who is shining more brightly at the time is sharing more of their joy, whereas the other less shiny one is withholding more of their joy. That, bright lit, that brightness you see with certain people or at certain times with people is their light. Remember, you are the light of the world. Without you shining your light, the world becomes a much darker place, whether the sun is shining or it's in the middle of a moonless night. When you see the brightness of a person, you are seeing the light of the person that person is. But when you see one's light shining more brightly, you're not only seeing the brightness, but you are also experiencing the quality of that light, aren't you? It's that feeling or sense of uncontainable happiness or joy. You are not only the light of the world, but you are also the light of your body and the world. It's the life that you are that as you share it, you experience great joy. That's why those who shine brightly are happier and often more joyful. 
Don't you feel naturally uplifted being in the presence of such bright and joyful people? And of course, that light and life is universal and not limited to just humans. After all, have you ever seen how the elderly in convalescent homes and children in hospital wards brighten up when a joyful, unconditionally loving service dog comes to see them? What makes many dogs more unconditionally loving than most people is that they are freely sharing their light and joy. No pretenses and no judgments, just being themselves. The important thing about you being the light of the world is that you are that light, whether you are aware of it or not. You are always that light, not just when you are happy, So what makes you shine more brightly in the world for all to see at certain times, but not all of the time? That's part of the miracle of sharing your joy. When you share the joyousness of life in the world, you shine more brightly. And your sharing of your joy comes from living more like those amazing service dogs, unconditionally loving. Yes, the more unconditionally loving you are, the more effortlessly and naturally you share your life and the joy of your life with others and the world in general. As Raphael spoke about earlier, you're already the light. That's your nature, and it doesn't change. You're as bright as you ever will be already, and you're not brighter on one day than on another. Why others see you brighter at one time and perhaps not on a different occasion is relative to how much you're expressing or sharing your brightness or not. Your brightness remains ever constant, but you can share it to varying degrees. The more you're willingly sharing your light, the brighter you appear to those who can see you and your light. It's somewhat like the sun in the midday sky. The sun's constantly as bright as it is. Yet, depending on atmospheric conditions overhead, such as the degree of cloud cover or haze or smog in the air, filtering out the brightness of the sun, well, the sky would appear darker or lighter to the onlooker on the ground. The heavier the overcast, the less bright the sun appears to be on the ground. But the sun's still the same. Mm -hmm. Conditions you consciously or unconsciously place on expressing your joy obscure your light as well. Since both your light and the joy of life are of the same source within you, just like the light of the sun and the warmth it radiates are from the same sun. So the more the light of the sun is covered by heavy clouds, the less warmth we experience on the ground. Likewise, the more you decide to withhold sharing your light, the less of your joy and celebration of life you will experience. What does it take for you to be the light of the world? Well, once again, since you already, always and forever are the bright, shining light that you are, All you have to do is, like that unconditional dog, (laughs) be yourself and share the light that you are in the world and with the world. Then you would live here as the light of the world and make your light 
a reality here, even for others to see and experience as well. Just like your brightness, the joyousness of life cannot be contained within you. You can withhold sharing it for a while, but denying the light that you are in some way and by trying to isolate yourself away from others and the world, the vast majority of humanity does that in many ways every day, unfortunately. Whenever a person is in fear in any way, they will try to distance themselves from others, hide, and try to protect themselves from harm. Or they will try to protect themselves by fighting against those they are afraid of. If you let fear be your master, fight or flight appears to you as your only choice. Yet fear is never your true master. In fact, Fear is, by its very nature, not powerful at all. It's actually powerless. In fact, that's, that's why when you are in fear, you feel totally powerless. Right? When you let fear overtake you in some way, it may seem extremely powerful. But that power you experience is none other than your own creative power that you are using to resist the fear. When you fight against the fear or try to run from it, you're unwittingly empowering the empty fear with your enormous power. It's your own power that makes fear seem so powerful to you when you're in it. You unconsciously place limiting conditions on yourself about expressing and sharing your joy. As joy is intrinsic to life itself, it's not until you more fully express and share your life in the world that you experience the joyousness of your life. The sharing of your joy is your true expression of your, of your life. We're born to joyously celebrate all life, no matter the form it animates and lives through no matter the conditions of that form. All form is conditional since the conditions define the form. Yet spirit or eternal life is never conditional. It's up to each of us to learn to express that unconditional life here in a highly conditional world. That's a major part of gaining mastery as souls. The conditions you consciously and unconsciously place upon yourself in sharing your light and your joy are essentially all based on what we call, guess what? Drum rolls. Drum roll, please. <laughs> judgments. Ah, oh, yes, you've heard that before, right? If you don't judge, you don't place conditions on yourself, others, or life. That's what so many of us experience as the unconditional love of a dog toward us. They're not judging. They're not judging us because we're having a particularly bad hair or bad anything day. They love us just the same as when we're having an exceptionally good hair day. 
and good anything else day. <laughs> That's what helps us heal ourselves in the presence of such a friend. Most people consider judgments natural and even self-evident truths. Yet judgment are not an integral part of life or who we are. They are never true, in fact. And we only create judgments when we're afraid. Once again, if we allow fear to rule over us, we judge to distance and isolate ourselves from whatever it is that we fear. Although it may appear that judgment separates us from what we fear and are unwilling to love as it is, in truth, its judgments bind us to the very thing that we seek to avoid. Fear is the basis of all resistance, most of which are, we are initially unconscious of, and fear is behind every judgment. Well, before we go on our first break, we wanted to remind you of a few things. Um, this is the time we tell you about other events that we uh, will be presenting. You can call to sign up to join us for an extraordinary remote four teleclass weekend event this coming Saturday, July 30th and Sunday, July 31st. This is 2022, in case you're listening to this later, with a bonus Zoom post-class Q&A and social following the last teleclass on Sunday, and an additional special bonus Zoom dolphin meditation and post-class Q&A talk story and social on the Monday following. That's this coming Monday. Although we won't all be in Hawaii this time in person like we like to be, we'll celebrate the spirit of aloha and your psychic life remotely wherever you are. The first teleclass, and I'm going to give the names of the teleclasses here, just so you have an idea of what we will be teaching. So the 9 a.m. Pacific Time teleclass on Saturday, July 30th is In Search of Oneness, Your Path of Healing, followed by the second one at noon Pacific Time, Building the Bridge to God's Love, Your Psychic Communication. And then the first teleclass on this coming Sunday July 31st is Establishing Heaven on Earth, Your Intuition and Making Spirit Real, followed by this, the fourth teleclass, which is Buying Back Your Soul, Trusting Your Inner Voice. Anyone who attends any one or more of the teleclasses during this weekend will be able to join us for not one, but the two bonus Zoom, Zoom post-class sessions one shortly after the end of the final teleclass on Sunday and the other that will include a special dolphin meditation on Monday the following following the weekend at 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific time. These are absolutely wonderful weekends and they are given live. For all the details or to sign up, go to our July events calendar on our website, Michael Tamura, that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-T, as in Tom, A, M as in Mary, U, R, A, dot com, or call our office and speak with our fabulous assistant, Debbie, at 530-926-2650, weekdays during business hours specific time. We will return in just a couple of minutes to continue with You Are the Light of the World, Living the Miracle of Sharing Your Joy. We'll be right back.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora. Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. We've been talking about you as the light of the world and how When you start to own that you are, you begin living the miracle of sharing your joy. There's a lot more to discover about the truth of who you are. So let's keep exploring. Yes, uh, before the the break, I was talking about uh, judgments. And and, uh, even though most people consider, a lot of people consider judgments just natural part of life and, and that. Some people consider judgments to be self-evident truths, right? That's why they're so judgmental. (laughs) I mean, this is the way it is, and (laughs) thou shalt and thou shalt not, and blah, 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 and this is, you know, you're an idiot. (laughs) And that's like a statement of fact for some people. (laughs) But I was mentioning that, you know, it's... It's judgment, basically. How, why we, any of us, ever judge is for self-protection. But it doesn't work very well, does it? <laughs> because when we judge, the idea is, the, the unconscious uh, decision is, we're trying to separate away from whatever we're afraid of. But... Most of you probably have heard, you know, what you resist, you become, or what you resist persists, right? Because when you're, put, when you're resisting something, you're putting your creative power into the very thing you don't put your creative power into, you know, into anything, empower it. So you make, you know, if you resist the bully, you make the bully more powerful in relationship to yourself, even if that bully is not powerful at all. So resistance is definitely at the core of judgment. 
And ah, at the core of every resistance is fear. So judgment is always some kind of a form of resistance. And as you already know, resistance, of especially those of you who have been longtime Star Trek fans. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I live with one. As you already know, uh, resistance is not only futile, but also whatever you resist, you end up becoming. Have you ever noticed that a person who intensely resisted their mother or father or boss for years ends up becoming just like the one they resisted? <laughs> the ones who resist control freaks for years invariably end up becoming control freaks themselves. So make it your daily practice to recognize when you go into resistance to someone or something or some kind of situation or just some energy. Once you recognize that you are resisting, become aware that your resistance comes from fear. If you find yourself resisting a person, what is it about that person that you're unconsciously afraid of? Because generally we don't resist consciously. You know, sometimes you become conscious that, okay, uh, I'm going to resist you because you're the bad guy. <laughs> but the resistance is actually pretty much unconscious underneath everything. So, and definitely the fear. Most of the time, you wouldn't feel the fear. And that's why when people are in resistance, they go, I'm not afraid. <laughs> Even though they're in total resistance. Yeah, that's the fear talking. But you don't want to be afraid, right? It's, it's awful feeling afraid. So basically, you override it by resisting and getting angry and things like that. Ah, making excuses, rationalizing it. But when you start to decide, okay, if I'm resisting this thing or this person or this situation... There must be fear. I must be afraid of something. What is it that I'm afraid of? Then you start to look within yourself and go, you, you know, sooner or later, you'll discover, oh, I was afraid they're going to not like me. I was afraid they're going to reject me. I was, I was afraid they're going to attack me. I was afraid that this person was going to do it to me again because they did it to me before. That kind of stuff. And you start to realize, oh, that's part of the fear I'm in. Okay. Then you'll find out, okay, at least that's part, if not the whole fear, that's driving your resistance of that person or the situation. I don't want to do this ever again kind of a thing. So once you become aware of that, you're no longer resisting unconsciously. And with your newfound awareness of your resistance, you can start to let go of empowering that fear and let go of having to resist it. Ask yourself, how would you rather experience that person or situation or energy if not in resistance? Oh, as a first step, how about experiencing a lot more neutrality and a lot less judgment toward that person? I don't have to make this person a bad guy because I'm afraid of that person. 
Ah, you might even be able to start to find a little amusement even in relationship to that person after that. Once you get a little neutrality, the next thing is, is you know, find a little humor. Okay, <laughs> and what's what's you know humorous about the situation where I I'm just you know freaking out. Ah, because if you can laugh about it a little bit, even to yourself, you don't have to laugh out loud or anything. And especially if it's some kind of a bully. Uh, uh, going after you in some way, laughing out loud probably wouldn't do you much good. <laughs> They'll just feed them even more. But inside, you have to go, oh, yeah. When you're neutral, you can go, oh, yeah, the bully is the one who's really afraid and even afraid of me. Isn't that kind of funny? Yeah. Okay, so a little bit of amusement, at least. And in such a way, you can start to dispense with the variety of judgments driving your limitations you place upon sharing your life and joy. As you share your light and joyousness of life more and more, you'll begin to discover that you're indeed the light of the world and that life itself is always a joyous celebration regardless of the multitude of conditions ever present in the world. That is the nature of a divided world. When it's day on one side of the world, it'll be night on the other side. If it's cold where you are, well, there'll be other places where it would be hot, like where we are. <laughs> Seems like endless hotness right now. <laughs> when you are joyous, there's bound to be others who are unhappy. As you practice relinquishing the limiting conditions you place on life, the more freedom and joy you will experience. Don't make the conditions of your body or the world be the cause for your happiness or unhappiness. Shine your light regardless. Share your joy no matter what and your life will become increasingly bright and joy-filled. That's how you can live the miracle of sharing your joy. And indeed, that is true. Well, earlier in this talk, uh, we talked about walking down the street and seeing one house brighter than another. And it had to do not with necessarily the care of that house, but the residents within who shine their light. And I wanted to share an experience with you that I had um, a number of years ago. Michael and I are older now, with, and both, all of our parents are gone. But when both of Michael's parents were still alive, we would often visit them in Sacramento, where they lived. And, you know, when you're visiting someone, you get used to how that house is, how that person is, how those people are. Uh, in their house and so on. But we had moved away from the Sacramento area ourselves to go live somewhere else for a number of years. And uh, within 20 days after we moved away, Michael's mom passed away suddenly. And of course, we had to go back. And I was absolutely shocked when we drove up to the house, how dark that house looked. Now it was Yeah, even from the outside. Even from the outside, it just... 
it's like there was a pall over it. And it wasn't just because I was sad that his mother had died. We had been very close, so I was. But as a clairvoyant, looking, you know, even looking around at the houses, everything looked around, normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there was this darkness around their house. And then when we went to go inside and comfort his dad and everything, uh, our goal was to get him out of up from under the, the depth of grief he was in. And we were actually able to succeed in that quite well. We were able to, uh, over a few hours, we got him to laugh a few times and start to be able to get up and walk around. He was He was devastated by this whole thing because he was the one that had found her. Um, but the interesting thing was people started visiting, which in and of itself was not a problem. It's always good for friends to stop by to give their comfort. But what we noticed is we would spend several hours bringing him up. And as soon as a couple people would walk into the house to comfort him, they would start crying their eyeballs out and, and, in a way, bringing their grief and their sadness and dumping it onto him. (laughs) (laughs) And so it would take about two hours for him to recover from one of those. So if people were visiting within a half an hour of each other, which happened on one of the days, there were people just pouring in the house all day long. It was very interesting to watch that joy be wiped out of him, even though we knew that it was underneath there. You know, he tended to be not an outwardly joyous person, but obviously he had uh, a lot of joy within him and givingness and love and light. So he he had a particular light he brought to that house. But it was sure interesting to see, you know, he was like a candle that we were able to light, even though he was very sad. And then someone would come by, the candle would go out or it would appear to go out because that joy is still there. So we would work with him and bring him back up. And then, well, you know, this is a good little talk about when someone in your world dies and how to, uh, you know, it's hard to bring joy and happiness to someone who has lost a loved one, but to just be aware not to, you know, bring that grief and sadness onto the person who is already grieving and sad. Yes. And once again, it's like the best advice I can give (laughs) in that situation is be like a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Just love them. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm sure those of you who have been in that position where somebody, a friend, a loved one, family member, whatever, is trying to comfort you and they, they, they're trying to get you to laugh or they're trying to get you uplifted. And a lot of times when you're in the, when a person is in, in the throes of grief, grieving and in pain like that, that's the last thing they want. You know, it's, it's just like, I've got enough to handle. Please get away from me. Right. It's, it's even though the other person is totally coming from a good intention wants to help you and everything, but trying to make somebody else happy or joyful isn't going to work. That, that's going to, the, the receiving end of that, if you've ever been there, it's going to feel like somebody's trying to control you. You're not good enough at where you are, and, and you know they're trying to make you better. I'm going to make you better. Something's wrong with you, so I'm going to make you better. That's the last thing a person 
in that kind of a position is kneading. Dogs never do that, do they? No. They can lick your face. <laughs> and and they you know they care about you, but they're not judgmental. They're not telling you where you're at is wrong and I can't handle you being there. So I'm going to try to improve you. I'm trying to make you better. No, dogs never do that. They just go, hey, you're where you are. And I'm a dog and I love you. And so I'm going to lick you or I'm going to put my paw on you or I'm going to just sit here quietly and let you or turn the other way and look the other direction if that seems like what you need. So it's just it's being there, being, there yeah. being yourself and being there. And that light, the joy, we had a uh, episode a few, few weeks ago that we said, oh, yeah, being compassionate is a form of expressing and sharing your joy. So amusement is where you need to be. Oh, yeah. If you go down into the black hole when you're trying to help someone else, that's not going to help. It's just going to pull them down even further or keep them down. It's like trying to help a drowning person and you don't know how to swim. <laughs> and the drowning person is, you know, grabbing at you and everything. And then you start to grab at them to, you know, you start fighting them. Then, then you start both drowning. We're coming to our second break right now, so we wanted to let you know one more time about our remote teleclass weekend event this Saturday and Sunday, July 30th and 31st, with a second bonus Zoom and a second bonus Zoom dolphin meditation Q&A and social on Monday, August 1st as a special gift for our weekend attendees. If you've ever wondered about what the spirit of aloha really is, it's both the way to divine love as well as the expression of divine love. We're devoting all four teleclasses this weekend to celebrating it by teaching you about your path of healing yourself to oneness, how you can build the bridge to God's love through your awareness and use of your psychic communication abilities, how you can develop your intuition to make spirit more your reality so you can live your heaven on earth, and what you need to do to restore your trust in your soul and follow your own inner voice. For the event flyer and all the details, go to the calendar section of our website, michaeltamura.com, or call our office for more information and to sign up at 530-926-2650 weekdays during business hours specific time, or you can check our Facebook sites too. In just a bit, we'll return to You Are the Light of the World, Living the Miracle of Sharing Your Joy. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. 
one of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational, a must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer, the award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Well, great to have you back. We've been exploring how and why you are the light of the world and what it means for you to live the miracle of sharing your joy. It's at once something that's incredibly simple, and at the same time, it involves your whole life. So there's a lot more to it. Let's continue. One of the things I wanted to do here is a shout out to one of our listeners, to Nadine, who wrote us such a nice letter recently. And when I read her letter, it was so filled with light. Now, just like everyone else, she has her troubles and things that challenge her. But it was great to see how much light one person, just through reading their email, conveyed out to the world, even if it was just out to Michael and me. Um, I want to say hi, Nadine. Thank you for being a listener. And... um, I hope you enjoy Michael's answer to your letter. So if you're writing letters to our our radio show, we do eventually get around to answering them, busy as we are. Uh, Our listeners are very important to us. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the living the miracle of sharing your joy as in being the light of the world. And one of the things that uh, really disturbs a lot of people about this sort of a subject is what about those days when I'm just in a funk and I'm not feeling like the light of the world? Well, what is it we naturally do when we're in a funk? Michael talked about it a little bit earlier. We tend to isolate ourselves and, uh, you know, put ourselves away from people because maybe our funk is going to be catching. (laughs) And if you project out onto other people, it will be. You know, when you start to put what's wrong, what's wrong inside of you onto someone else, it's your fault that I'm this way, that sort of thing. But one of the things that a lot of people uh, naturally do when they're in a funk is they find someone else who is a light, like a friend, like, uh, you know, BFF. You call your friend and sometimes all all it takes is just talking about what's on your mind and maybe that other person is just a good listener. They don't try to solve your problem. They just listen and let you be and come back to that light that you actually already are, but forgot about for a Mm -hmm. few hours. Yeah. That's the key word there is forgot because 
you're always just like that sun behind the clouds and everything else. Uh, it's, it's always bright. But that's the same way you are. You're always bright. But when you're in a funk, you cover over that light. You know, you put a kind of a veil or a lampshade over the light. And so it dims you down. That's what happened in Raphael's example. When my mom passed away, the whole house seemed dark. It did. Because she was so bright. And we were it, used to it. We were used to it. And <laughs> that's the only way we've ever seen that house was, you know, we come close to the house to park on the street. And it's a really probably the brightest house in the whole block. But the first time we went there after she had exited this world, oh, that light wasn't there anymore. Yeah, my father's light was there, but but he was covered over because he was stricken and it kind of in shock and everything else. So so it just went like somebody turned off the light. <laughs> but when when we were successful in, you know, having my father started to come back and remind him, you know, remember his light. We didn't do that by trying to cheer him up. No. Like I was saying earlier in the show, that doesn't work in those situations. 99% of the time, it wouldn't work to try to cheer up somebody who's, who's in the dumps of in, in any, anyway and, or who's afraid. So how do you cheer somebody up? Oh, you have to shine your light. You have to be quietly sharing your light. Now, often, you know, in, in, in the English language, sharing is it's, it's a verb, right? To share. It's, it's an action. So most people consider that you have to do something. But no, sharing comes naturally when you're being yourself. So you could be in meditation. There's been many, many, many times I was meditating by myself, no other humans around in nature. And I'll feel something in the middle of it and I'll open my eyes and, oh, there's a squirrel in front of me looking at me. Or birds come and they hang out close by. Animals Creatures of the nature are attracted by that light as well. When they see and experience someone sharing their light, and I wasn't over trying to be bright or trying to uh, cheer somebody up. No, I was just in great meditation by myself in at peace, being myself. Because that's the, the whole purpose of meditating is not to improve yourself, even though a lot of times meditation is touted as a technique to improve self-improvement of some sort, you know. But no, it, that's improvement of your state of being and state of mind from meditating comes as a byproduct. It's not the why you do it. What's the purpose of doing meditation? Meditating lets you be more yourself as you truly are. 
instead of becoming the fear, becoming the worries, becoming the thoughts and, and feelings in your mind that, that may or may not even be yours and all of that stuff. So you're, you're resting. In meditation, you're just letting everything just be as they are. And you're, you're not retreating from the world. You're just finding your own space. You're finding your space just to be yourself in relationship to the rest of the world on any level. The world still goes on, but you're just being yourself in it not becoming the world, not getting all bent out of shape because the world is this way or that way or some person or condition is this way or that way. So the purpose of meditation is just finding yourself, becoming more aware of yourself as you really are and to recognize, ah, you're the light. And as you do so and you're just letting yourself be that light, you natural, you're not trying to withhold it from anyone or the world or anything. You're not retreating. You're, you're not isolating yourself. You're just being yourself. And in that situation, oh, creatures of nature's nature, as along with trees and plants. If you start to pay attention, trees and plants and, and flowers and whatnot respond to you in their own ways when you're just being yourself. If you're frantically, you know, chasing whatever and and trying to fix everything and all that, and ah, then they don't respond to you in the same way because you're not as bright to them. But when you let yourself be, you start to shine without any hesitation, without any pulling back, without any isolating. And you get brighter and brighter to anyone else who's able to notice that. I like talking about meditation, too, because meditation isn't the end all to enlightenment, but it certainly is on your path to, let's say, taking your next step. So if meditation isn't your thing, we could say, uh, for those of you that are more religious, uh, prayer has the same effect if you use it correctly. But I want to talk a little about meditation and beings, people that have lived on earth that really was were able to master their light in such a way that it did affect others around them. So those that tend to meditate tend to withdraw a little bit from everybody else so that they can. And the whole purpose of meditation really is to find that stillness, that peacefulness within you, ultimately. And so I like to use uh, an example of uh, the Master Buddha when he was on earth. Have you ever noticed that some of the depictions of Buddha um, show his head has these lumpy, bumpy things on top of (laughs) his head? Well, that's because um, there was a rumor that he was often uh, meditating. I think it was under the the Bodhi tree, but sometimes the day was really sunny and his head would get real super hot. And as he meditated and became more and more and more peaceful, suddenly the snails in the area came around and 
crawled up him and, mm. and covered his head to protect his head. And this this is a type of miracle that happens when you find so much peacefulness that everything in nature starts cooperating with you and giving to you. The same with St. Francis of Assisi. He was able to get in touch with and, and be safe around any kind of animal, and that's why he is often depicted as the saint of animals. And it's the same thing. You know, he found that peaceful state enough, just like Buddha did, where nature was cooperating with him and he could have that touch in with animals. Anyway, we're coming upon the end of our show today. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that our shows shed more light on your life and your true self, and this one especially. Be sure to join us next Wednesday when we're starting a brand new season of Living the Miracle. Our overall theme for the next 13-week season will be Navigating Your Psychic Life and Awakening, and the first show of our 19th season will be It's Time to Wake Up. Who are you inside? You can still sign up for our special remote teleclass weekend event coming up this Saturday and Sunday, July 30th and 31st, 2022. Learn about your path of healing, your psychic communication, how to use your intuition and make spirit real and trusting your inner voice. Join us to celebrate the spirit of aloha in your psychic life and live the miracle wherever you are. For all the details and to sign up, check our website events calendar for July 2022 or call our office at 530-926-2650. And we also encourage you to sign up to be on our mailing list as well as to join us on our Facebook sites and other sites that we have. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We will see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.